I want to start on this uh, back to school Sunday. I, w- I want to go to Hebrews chapter 12. It's one of my favorite chapters uh, in the entire Bible. And uh, I want to preach for the next couple of weeks uh, from the subject focus under fire. I, I-, I feel like there, there might, in my lifetime, there has never been a greater onslaught or warfare against our focus against the sanity of our mind and thinking, against the clarity of our train of thought, against our, against our focus. I, I, I've never in my lifetime seen a, a, a time in history where nothing is right. If you believe one way, you're wrong. If you believe this way, you're wrong. There's no right. Someone has a problem with you somewhere. I mean, it could be how often you post. It could be that you don't post enough. It could be that you wore a mask that you didn't wear a mask. It could be who you voted for, who you didn't vote for. It could be who you supported, who you didn't support. It could be how you said something or how you didn't say something. There's no right or wrong. And we got prophets. And we got theologians that are emerging everywhere upon the waves of social media that are quick to cut down, rebuke, criticize, gossip, slander, about people we've never met, about things that we may not even know that much about. And I feel like there is warfare on our focus. So I want to go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin So the thing that hinders is not sin, because it includes sin. So there's things that hinder me that aren't even sin. So it's not a bad thing, it's just not a good thing. Everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I'm going to say this over and over for three straight weeks. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. On Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I think this is really key. You might want to just read this one a couple times, circle it. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Not for the pain of the cross, he endured. For the joy that was on the other side of the cross, he endured, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I think there's some power that is packed in these couple verses talking specifically about our focus. Jamie and I and our our boys, we were on a trip uh, this last couple weeks and uh, we took a motor home. We, 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 we kind of went, we fast forward to about 75 years old, grabbed the motor home, went cross country. And some of y'all waiting for retirement for that. We just tried it out just to see if we'd like it. And, uh, and, and, and so we got to see some of the countries we're driving along. And when you're the primary driver, you drive primarily. 
Family loved the trip. It was incredible for them. And uh, I am now doing Uber on the side because I loved it so much. I like driving people around. It's incredible. Um, no, we had an incredible time. And, and uh, we went uh, to Moab, Utah. I've never been to Moab, Utah. And we, we went to Moab and, and uh, you know, it's famous for uh, some of uh, the areas where you can ride dune buggies and UTVs and side-by-sides. And, and uh, Jamie was just focused on us having just an incredible vacation. So she came to me one day and she said, before we leave, let's rent a side-by-side and let's go on to the dunes. And I'm like, well, you know, my schedule for the motorhome is we got to leave. <laughs> but if you would like an adventure like that, and if you know us at all, it's usually flip-flopped. I'm like, I'm in. So we went and, and we rented a, we went rented a, a side by side and and uh, we're signing our life away and and uh, Jamie is a little frantic now she got us into this but she's starting to feel a little anxiety and so she says to the lady at the counter she's like there's no way we can die right and the lady says legally I can't tell you that so then I started to get anxious, not because I was scared of dying, but because I was scared of Jamie being scared of dying. And, and she said, there's two routes that you can take. She says, uh, I, I, you can take the moderate ones called Hell's Revenge. I thought that sounded about right. And she said, or you can take the easy one, it's called Chicken's Corners. No, 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 no lie. I'm like, well, I can't effectively, morally ethically drive on chicken's corners. Not in front of my boys. Maybe me and Jamie on a date night, we drive chicken corners. But with my boys here, we are going to hell's revenge. And she started pulling up pictures, you know, for us to look at. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Dustin, you've made a very bad mistake. So I thought I'd be a really good husband. And I said, you know what? We're not going to do hell's revenge today. So, We'll go Chicken's Corners. We're, we're, we're going we're to bring a picnic. You know, we're going to Chicken's Corners. We'll take a leisurely drive. It's going to be great. She's going to love me. And uh, I didn't have the stash then, so I thought, you know, she would enjoy my kindness. And so we took off on Chicken's Corners. Well, I didn't know that Chicken's Corners was not naming the trail, but it was corners that were named Chicken's Corners. So it was not because of the difficulty of the trail. It was just the name. The name did not reflect the trail because the trail took us up the... She just said it was horrible. She still has PTSD. Took us up the side of a mountain. It's a 300-foot drop down the side. The boys are asleep. So that's how scared they were. Jamie is sweating. Literal tears coming down her face. She's like, if we're still married after this, I know you love me. <laughs> True story. So we're going along this thing. The whole way, I'm like, just get there. Get to the end. Get to the end. I'm not even talking to her. We're not even talking. She's just there crying. I'm thriving. And we are headed to Chicken's Corners. We get there. We eat lunch, picnic lunch, stressful lunch. It's not even fun. We didn't even like it. We get back in. We're driving back. And, and, and now I'm starting to think, like, what is she so scared of? And on the way up, the cliff was on her side. But on the way back, the cliff was on my side. And I had just so happened to, you know, play a little hide-and-go-seek in the caves there. And I'm a little, well, I hit my head on a rock. 
and had started to bleed. So I just wrapped it up with a bandana, jumped back on the side by side, and I'm driving back. And uh, I'm going somewhere. By the way, if you're new, I've got something for you. You're like, this is what we came to church. We risked COVID-19 for a story? I'm, call- I'm-, I'm coming for you. And so I'm, 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 I'm bleeding, and I got the bandana, and we're driving, and Jamie's stressed. She won't talk to me. I won't talk to her. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking over the side, and the more I look at the side, I started to just, like, play it out in my mind. I'm like, well, that is kind of scary. I mean, if we did, like, go, uh, wow. Woo. It's crazy how, as the thought comes in your head, it just starts to, so then I'm like, you know, I didn't know if it was the blood or, you know, or, like, Ooh, you know, like, whoo, we got this, we got this. And I'm, you know, I'm, this is the first time she's hearing this. You think I would have told her that? No, I'm not letting, I'm not letting down my guard. I look like I'm fine. But I'm starting to focus on what she focused on. And when I focused on what she focused on, I got the same result as she was living with. I started to feel a little bit like, wow. That would be a long fall. That would, people probably do go off that. Started thinking about it. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about our focus being under fire. And if you look at the text, you see this played out. It says this so simply. It says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now I want you to see this when you think about focus. When the, the writer of Hebrews starts out Hebrews chapter 12 saying we are surrounded by people who have gone before us. We are surrounded by people that did this. That lived this. Most theologians believe that this is a glimpse that people actually in heaven can see what's happening on earth. There's not other scriptures that speak to this but some people believe that. But most theologians agree that the cloud of witnesses are saints that have died before us, that have lived this life, have walked by faith, have finished this race. In fact, some people would say that the cloud of witnesses are cheering us on as we walk through our journey in this world. Did you know that the smallest part of your life is the lightest part of your life that you will spend on this planet? That we are eternal beings. That we will live forever. That's why the gospel matters. Because this is not about just having a good life. This is not about just being happy. This is about people that don't know Jesus finding him so that their eternity is secure in him. And they can spend eternity with their Savior. That's why Jesus died. It's the gospel. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you have a fan base that's cheering you on. People that have gone before you, people of faith that have gone through all kinds of difficulties, probably more difficult than we have. I know it's bad. People up in heaven are like, you can do this. We were enslaved for 400 years, people of Israel. We were whipped and flogged and made bricks. You can do this. And you're like, my direct TV is not working while I'm quarantined. I know it's hard, but the cloud of witnesses which surround us are exhorting or maybe 
we don't know exactly what they're doing, but the picture is that they're rooting us on saying, you can do this. We did it. You can do it. It says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. This tells me that there are compromises and temptations and weights along the way that are looking to beset me. That I don't get to run unhindered. There are in this life and in this world persuasions. There are demonic influences. There are people that are trying to beset your race. Are trying to detour you. And if you're not careful as you walk through this life and as you scroll through social media, you will not just sin, but you'll have things that weigh you down. You know what I realized when I was gone because I was on this way less and I kind of just stepped back from social media? I thought, if I didn't have a phone, I would think life was amazing. No, I'm serious. I thought, wow, look at this beautiful country. It's awesome. Look, it's beautiful. We're cooking our own food. I mean, we're just, we just don't even know. I'm not saying for you to be uninformed. I'm just telling you that your focus is very important. And when I eliminated some of this focus, I was surprised at how good life was, how much I love my wife and love my boys, how grateful I was to be alive. What a good life. What a great church we had. All the good things that God's done. All of our campuses. All the Dream Center and people getting saved and people getting fed. Our academy, our youth ministry, our college. I mean, just wow. God, this is incredible. It's amazing what happens when your focus adjusts. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And then it says this, and fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and the perfecter. Another translation says the author and the finisher. Which means, you've heard me say this before, he writes the story, but he also completes the story. He, he, he wrote it, but he's also bringing it to pass. He didn't write it to see what would happen. He wrote it with an ending in mind. And it says, fixing our eyes on him. So our focus, as super spiritual as this sounds, our focus is him. You should try this. Is when the world starts closing in around you, you should just ask yourself, am I focusing on Jesus? As simple as it sounds, most people would dismiss it because of how easy and simple it is. Well, I've been a Christian for 23 years. Have you ever tried focusing, Johnny, on him? You're focusing on how simple it is. Could you just focus on him? This is what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen to this. The coming joy disarmed the sting of the present pain. The, the coming joy, while we're driving, this is what I had to keep on focusing on. I'm focused on the destination. Don't focus on the fear. Focus on the destination. But as soon as I started focusing on the fear, I felt fear. Focus your concentrated attention. What grabs 
your eyes, your mind, your time. What are you focusing on? Fixing our eyes on. Why did Jesus fix his eyes? Because he fixed, he fixed his eyes because he was looking at what was past the cross. If Jesus just looked at the cross, he might have never went to the cross. But because Jesus looked past the cross, he endured the present pain of the cross. If you could see what was on the other side of your battle, if you could see what was on the other side of your journey, if you could see what God was leading you to, if you could see what God wanted to do on the other side, you would have energy, you would have life, you would have focus right here where you are. Right where you are. We are eating today the fruit of yesterday's focus. You produce fruit from the places that you focus in. I think when we're talking about focus, there's a lot of bad focus. I want to give you just a couple, just real quickly, that I think will help you. Because when I look at the focus of the Capital C Church, I see a couple things. One of the things I see is I see blurry focus. Blurry, it's blurry focus. If the camera doesn't frame me right, if they don't run it right, I'll be blurry. Blurry actually means no clarity on the edges. An image is blurred because of no clarity of edge. No boundary. See, this is what I see with a lot of believers, is their focus is blurry. More in 2020 than I've ever seen in my entire life. We don't know what truth is. We don't know what right is. We don't know what wrong is. It, everything's blurry. Your truth is your truth. There's no your truth and there's no my truth. There's only his truth. That's it. it was all, it's always been. It always will be. You can fight it all you want. You can say it's not true. I can say my truth is that I can fly. The truth of gravity will always defeat my own inner truth that makes me believe that I can because there is a greater law than my imagination. It's the law of gravity. Just as in truth, there is a greater law than what I feel to be my truth. If you don't have a clear boundary, a clear edge, where do you stop? What's okay today might not be okay tomorrow because someone's truth will change. What if I think you justify a beating and that's my truth? Where does it stop? Well, no, no, pastor, that's extreme. We just are saying, for, stop. How'd we get here? A blurry focus which has no edges, no definition, no truth. We long for truth at the same time we kick against truth. Blurry focus is a result of blurred edges. We have subjected edges, so therefore we have blurred focus. You know what I found is a good way to decide if you have blurry focus or not? Instead of asking a question of yourself and of your life, ask that same question of someone else's life. Like this. This is, this is how it would go. If you're thinking like, this is okay for me because this is my truth. Is it okay for your neighbor? Is it okay for your pastor? Because they seem to be held in higher <laughs> critique. Is, is, it the, is it, oh, well, it's not okay for them, but it's okay for you. No, if it's not a truth, this is the only way that you have clear focus, is to have clear edges. In parenting, do you think it would work out well if you said, there's no rules? 
Do whatever you want. Jude, you're six. You're mature. Eat when you want. Go to bed when you want. Drive if you want. Your truth is... Oh, you believe in truth when it comes to parenting. Oh, what about sports? What if we, what if we don't have rules? Des did catch it. What if there are no rules? What if one of the coaches, which has happened before, just decides to jump on the field and start playing? Well, no, that's against the rules. Whose rules? No, no, blurry focus comes from a place of blurred edges or blurred lines. And as believers, we have to know what lines we stand against and for. And we need to stand for them, whether it's popular or whether it's not. Blurry focus. The second one is this, biased focus. Bias, bias focus is this. I gravitate towards the things that I like, which is most of us. But when you're trying to focus on Jesus and you love that more than him, you can give lip service to him, but you gravitate towards this. And you don't understand why the fruit of your life is not this, but your focus is not this, it's this. Because a biased focus says I love this, I love money more than I love him. A biased focus says I love man's approval more than I love him. A biased focus says I want this more than I want him. So we have to readjust our focus in order to have clarity. Biased focus. You see what you focus on. Jesus spoke about this when he quoted the prophets in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He was saying that they give lip service to me. God, I love you. We'll make room for you. Shake up the ground. I hate how loud this church up. Shake up my tradition. No, you, you see what you're saying? Anyway. When he, when he messes with us, when some of these things, these people honor me with their lips, but their is your heart focused on him? Not just lip service, not just attendance checking, but God, my heart is for you. And I see the church suffering from blurred focus, but from biased focus. And this is the one I see more than anything, broken focus. It's just broken, a trauma, an idea, a pain, a disappointment has broken focus. And what happens with broken focus is it tends, for, it, it, it tends for us to begin to look backwards instead of forwards. When I see people with broken focus, it is usually because their focus is fixated on something that happened yesterday so that they no longer have hope for tomorrow. Can anyone relate with this? I'm so focused on the failure of yesterday that I can't see the success of tomorrow. I can't see the other side of the cross, so all I see is the pain of the current cross. I can't see the other side of the pandemic, so I just feel the pain of the current pandemic. A broken focus is a focus that is fixated on the past. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one, oh, I like that. One thing I do. One. One. Where do you stand on? Paul says, this one thing I do. Forgetting 
what is behind and straining, focusing, fixating on what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. One thing I do, I forget what is behind and I press on towards what is ahead. I, I thought I would just show you just because it's like first week back, back to school Sunday. I thought I would just try to illustrate this because I, I think sometimes people need just visuals to see it. So guys, come up here really quick. Um, I, I want to show you this because I think all of us in this, in this room, everybody that's watching, we have good hearts. We want to do good things. So come here for a second. Just, just hold this mic for me. You're the mic stand for a second. There you go. Um, <laughs> give me one of these. I'm going to just say this. Okay, these are going to represent things that we need to focus on. All right? So let's just say this. I said focus, but I meant to say homeschool. <laughs> Family. It was an O, but I made it into an A. Stop judging me. <laughs> Family. Everybody agrees we should focus on our, on our family. Let me, give me another one here. Just hold that one. Let's, say, let's just say career. That's good. We need to focus on our career. Everybody good with that? Oh, yeah. Not everybody, that's all right. <laughs> so just, let's let's just, just do this. Focus on us. Our own health, our own maturity, our growth, all of that. Let's just say self. It sounds selfish, but you know what I mean. Like self-care in the best way possible. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say this. God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we need to... Let's, We focus on God. Now, I want to show you something that's going to help you because in Americanized Christianity, specifically in 2020, we are taught to succeed in all of these areas. Focus on all of them. Now, Pastor Cameron used to be a collegiate baseball player. He laid down his dreams of the MLB to become a youth pastor. That's a lie. <laughs> but he is very athletic. I'm going to have these guys just throw all of these at Pastor Cameron at the same time. Just, you know, and do your best, Cam. You, you know what? You're a man of God. You should be able to focus on all these things at the same time. Just hit them all out of the park, bro. If you don't hit them out of the park, you're pretty much a failure as a Christian because God, career, self, family, you know, those are things that you should focus on. So go ahead, guys. Just, just throw them out. Go ahead, Cam. Just do, do your best. Do your best. Wow! Wow! That killed the illustration. We're gonna... did, did you know being a Christian in 2020 feels like that? I gotta focus on it all. And you know what Paul says, or the writer of Hebrews, however you see it? He says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Did you know that success in all of those areas is not by balancing your attention between all of those areas? The key to overcoming biased, broken, the, the key to coming, overcoming any type of focus that is not right is singular focus. 
Studies will show you that the masters of focus are actually masters of isolation. That the key to having a, a, a supernatural, not even supernatural focus, key to having great discipline and focus is isolation. That the reason that people can't focus is because there's too many things to focus on. And for us, many of us grown up in church, many of us have, have been in church services, and we've all heard these type of things. you got to do good in all these areas. Are you doing good in your family? How's your career? Are you serving? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And it's like, oh, I'm failing in everything. And this is what the Bible teaches us. That your job is to succeed in one thing. And that one thing is the lens in which everything else becomes possible. Because my Bible says in my weakness, he is made strong. So that my focus on Jesus is what makes everything else possible. I will fail in my own strength focusing on my family. I will fail in my own strength, focusing on my career. My only possibility at success is complete focus on Jesus. And when I look at him through the lens of that focus, everything else is made possible. Everything else is made possible. I've got to focus. I've got to focus. I don't got time to be distracted. I don't got time to get dismayed. I don't have time to be discouraged. I got to focus. I got to focus. I got I got to focus. Focus is under fire more than I've ever seen it before. In verse 3 it said this. It said consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners so that so consider him endured such opposition from sinners so that so this is the way that you don't grow weary and lose heart is I see what he did and I do what well, he was Jesus try it try it focus focus Foc well you don't know pastor what I've been going through you don't have you seen it through his lens yet you don't know how much money I owe. Have you seen it through his lens? She'll never listen. She'll, ne she'll never forgive. Have you seen it through his lens? When I focus my eyes on him, everything else becomes clear. I can see all this was oppressive to me until I entered the sanctuary of my God. Clarity comes in the presence of God that when I focus on Him, I can see things clearly. Nothing made sense until I look through the lens. Consider Him. My life is tough right now. I'm sorry, but con consider Him. My situation is tough right now. It's bleak. Okay, but consider him. It doesn't mean you don't feel it. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean you're not walking through it. But consider Him. Consider Him. This will give you endurance. This will help you not grow weary. This will help you get to the other side. It's not focusing on the hurdle, but focusing on the prize. Consider Him. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, being confident of this. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Did you know what God started in you? He will 
finish. And I don't know who told you that it wouldn't happen. And I don't know who told you that it's too far gone. And I don't know who told you that this year is doomed. I don't know who told you that it's the worst days we've ever seen for the church. I don't know who told you that church attendance is declining. I don't know who told you that this is the end of people attending church as we know it. I don't know who told you that young people don't love Jesus. I don't know who told you that God can't heal marriages. I don't know who told you that there isn't a way. I don't know who told you that God doesn't heal. I don't know who told you that God's presence isn't real. I don't know who told you all that. But it's time for us to shift our focus because our God is on the throne. Our God is moving forward. Our God is making moves. Our God still saves. Our God still heals. Our God is moving on our behalf and that which he has begun, he will finish. I feel like preaching. He will finish. Why don't you stand up with me all across this place? I know many people are watching online. He will finish. He will finish. He will finish. He will finish. Man, I came into 2020 ready to conquer. Where did that fight go? Where did that fight go? I'll tell you where it went. It went where your focus went. It might be time to turn off some notifications. Might be time to begin to stop listening to voices that hinder you and entangle you. And to begin to focus on Him. Purpose comes from focus on Him. Empowerment comes from focus on Him what the enemy wants you to do? He wants you to look at you and see how many of those balls that you've missed. Oh, you missed it with your kids. You missed it with your marriage. You failure. You missed it. You missed it with your call. You're a failure. You ever heard those words? It's funny how that rings so true to so many of us, doesn't it? Almost sounds like the enemy. It's not my work, it's not your work, it's his work. So my focus is on, not on me, it's not on you, it's on him. And when I can lock eyes with him and see through that lens, everything that was impossible becomes possible. When Pastor Keon called me and he said, we got to make a decision, what are we going to do about the Dream Center? And I looked at it through my lens and I said, don't do it. And then I looked through his and we said, yes, God begin to move because when you look through his lens you release his power when I try to do things in my strength it's my power when I try to do things through his lens it's his power that empowers and equips and I'm going to tell you you're not too far gone the year is not too far gone your marriage is not too far gone your life is not too far gone I'm telling you your money is not too far gone your kids are not too far gone what God started he will finish